Good morning, everyone. May 18th, 2020, starting week number six of furloughed, day number 36, and today we're gonna go back in time. But before we go back in time, let's look forward in time. And if you could do me a huge favor and hit that subscribe button. My goal is to get 300 subscribers by the end of the month. And if you hit that button, I greatly appreciate it. Now, let's officially go back in time. So before we go way back in time, we're gonna go back in time one day. So hopefully you had a great Sunday, a great weekend, and you're about to have a great week overall. Yesterday, I had the great opportunity to sit down and talk with Mike from Waxpack Hero. He invited me on the show to talk about one big topic, and we talked about a couple other topics throughout the conversation. So it was, it was a great opportunity to sit down and talk with him. I've never been on his podcast before, so check him out. I think this episode is going to drop next Friday, so about 10, 11 days from now. So check that out. Very much in line with what I'm doing here as far as the time-wise. It, it was not a very long conversation, but it was some very meaningful topics uh, in a short sort of truncated uh, conversation. So it also got me thinking, and one thing we talked about was, you know, my collecting journey and where I'm at and how I got to where I'm at at the moment. And, and while that was a short conversation, I figured I would go ahead and expand on this. And, and this could be a two-part series. This could be a three-part series. I'm thinking two right now, but we'll see how this episode goes as far as how much I can cover. But I kind of wanted to, to sort of talk through how I got to where I am today. Everybody knows where I, why I'm here on day 36. That's no surprise. But how did I get here from the beginning? When did I pick up collecting? When did I go away from collecting? You know, and, and what, where are the origins of really CRT sports cards? So let's look now or let's look back at where I came from and let's start back in 2007. actually going to step back one more year, uh, 2006, before we get to 07, because this happened late in 2006. But late 2006, and really since 05, I had been running my own retail store for a company. And so I was on my own, didn't have really any responsibility. I had some disposable income at the time, but I had lost sort of focus. I hadn't collected sports cards in probably eight to 10 years. You know, I collected as a kid, my first set that I purchased was 91 tops. I still have a 91 top set for my parents. I don't know if it's the actual set or not. I know I purchased a couple over the years, so I can't prove it one way or the other, but it's cool to have a 91 top set here uh, in the closet to look at whenever I want to. But like I said, I had fallen out of collecting, but I had an employee on my staff who said he collected sports cards. And so that was a really good conversation to have with him. And, and I sort of looked at what he had and he showed me. And, you know, it was a totally different game back in 06 versus what I was used to in the late in the late 90s. And the product that he had was 2006 Bowman Draft. Now, back then it was called Bowman Draft Picks and Prospects. So it was, it was BDPP. Now it's just Bowman Draft. Secondly, in 2006, you could buy Bowman Draft at retail. Now, I didn't know anything about hobby shops or where even was one was at in Tennessee, but I knew I could buy these cards at Target because that's where he said he bought his cards at Target through blaster boxes, 20 bucks a piece. So I went down to Target and I just picked up, I think it was like three or four blasters. I don't recall how many I purchased, but as I was opening them, now, now keep in mind, in this day, in, in this time frame, when you had a top prospect uh, in Bowman Draft, it sold for like 80 bucks, $100. If you had an auto that sold for over 20 bucks, that was a big pull. The, the, the Today's times where you're selling base autos for 
eight nine hundred dollars that just was unheard of back then a twenty dollar auto was fantastic and was was a, was a top prospect in a sense so i purchased three or four blasters and when you think about how big pulls sort of define my collecting career or where i'm at with today with crt sports cards one of my, my first big pull after coming back from the from the uh from collector back to collecting was a base auto of Evan Longoria. Now this guy was on the box. This guy was the number one prospect to get. And <clears throat> I was through the roof happy. I couldn't believe that I had pulled the number one guy, you know, the guy on the box in one of my first blasters. And so that got me on the first road of, of sports cards. The problem was is that I didn't really have anyone to collect. I sold the card for 80 bucks and I thought that was just a ton of money back then, 80 bucks. Uh, for, a, for a base auto for Evan Longoria. I thought that was just sort of uh, quite incredible. But I, I kept buying more Bowman Draft and I bought other products just to sort of feel myself out. I probably wasted so much money trying to figure out what to collect. And, you know, now we're into 2007. There's more baseball products coming out. You know, I don't really know much about Series 1 or anything else. I'm just buying stuff to buy stuff. But I just remember the feeling of, of pulling that Evan Longoria. But so what was missing was the desire to collect or to own something in a sense. I, I was enjoying spending money buying these cards and opening them and selling them what I, where I could. You know, back then, I think the big rage was the Beckett message boards. And then, of course, then I went over to Blowout. But at that time, I think I was strictly on the Beckett message boards. But then I found my first sort of purpose, my first true collection. And it was sort of in a different sport. And it, and it surprised me, but it didn't surprise me at the same time. So in college, I played golf for UTEP, so Texas El Paso. And at the time, you know, I was from there from 2000 to 2003. There was a football player there by the name of Thomas Howard. He ended up getting drafted by the Raiders. Now, Thomas and I never knew each other. Uh, we knew each other in passing at study hall, say hello, you know, cursory acknowledgement from another athlete to one. But he got picked up by the Raiders in the draft. And so I was like, oh, there it is. This is a guy that I sort of know um, secondhand, maybe thirdhand. Um, let's go after this guy. Let's start collecting. And this is where the I went off the deep end in a sense. I spent basically all of my money on every single Thomas Howard card possible. So the, the best one was in 2006. This is now this, this was a couple year journey. Upper Deck, Upper Deck, sorry, came out with a, it was called Ultimate Rookie Signatures. I don't remember the exact brand it came from, but it was an on-card autograph and there was 275 of them. My goal was to pick up every single one that I could. And so there, I even have posts, uh, you know, looking well in advance uh, into 2015, looking for these cards, but for a good two years there, I went after Thomas Howard aggressively on this upper deck card. Um, it ended up I ended up owning 20% of the 275 that were ever produced at the end of the day. But it also helped me look at what I really want to collect. And unfortunately, in football, Bowman Chrome was not highly collected. I was a huge Bowman Chrome fan being a baseball collector or, or a baseball buyer of cards in a sense. And, and I still have all of his Bowman Chrome cards from 2006. I think I own two or three of the reds. I maybe just think it's just two. One's graded, one's not graded. I own at least 10 to 20% of the oranges, of the golds, of the blues. I mean, I have 
tons of these uh, from 2006. And like I said, and like I said, I went off the deep end because in my mind, Thomas was going to be in the Hall of Fame. I was going to be able to flip all his rookie cards for a lot of money in the future. Uh, you know, that was the mission. That was the goal. And at the same time, I, I kind of knew him in a sense. And so it was sort of a, a, a nice collection and something that I really went after aggressively for, I would say, two to three years, maybe up to 2010. Um, I did end up moving to Seattle in 2012. And so my collecting stopped for a couple of years as I adjusted to living up here and things like that. But for the very first part of my collecting career, sort of post-college, getting back into 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 the hobby was spent as a football collector but it was also one of you know a time where i was really discovering what i really liked and and, and discovering what i really liked obviously came at a, a enormous price tag you know i realized i really enjoyed baseball cards i really enjoyed the baseball environment more but i didn't really have a focus and i didn't really have anything to collect um as as a whole or or single or you know single-handedly collect in a sense so so it My was actually a great learning experience and something that I that I really look back on fondly. Like I said earlier, I have some of the cards. I did, though, get rid of all of the autographs of his. Now, moving forward uh, over a decade now, uh, Thomas Howard actually passed away, and it was actually his fault. Apparently, he was speeding in a car accident, and he actually killed another person. Uh, his car went over the median of an interstate, and, and he killed an innocent guy driving on the road. So I had a... a a lot of personal turmoil of what to do with these cards. Like I said, uh, really early in the video, I even had a post in 2015 looking for these cards, and and, and he passed away in 2013. But it was it, it took a lot of time to to figure out with myself what to do with these cards. I mean, this is a guy who killed another guy, and he killed himself. And so I'm not trying to bring down the mood or anything, but when you think about prospecting, you think of of making money in the future. There are so many unknowns to these players just because they're just like us. They're human beings. They're just athletically gifted or super tall or can shoot a basketball through a hoop, whatever that might be. But they also make decisions like we do every single day. And so I learned a lot about what I liked. And ultimately, that was being in the baseball community. And it ultimately, it taught me to, to be not as in depth on certain things. It taught me to to take a breath at times and I don't need to collect every single thing. And it also really sort of talks about why I collect so little these days when it comes to my Mariners uh, PC and then my pre-war collection, which is growing, but it's less than 200. Actually, it's less than 150 cards, I think, right now. Maybe, under, maybe a little more than 150. But this is why I'm streamlined. And, and it's not because I'm shocked from what happened back in 06, but it's because I learned early on that I don't need to own every single thing of a player to enjoy the collection. So in part number two, which will come out this week, I will pick up my move to Seattle. Uh, as I said, I moved uh, February in February of 2012 to Seattle. I've been here now over eight years. Uh, I took a pause in collecting, but I, I had another massive pull that happened in my collecting journey that really sort of shot me through the roof or really got me going to where we are now with CRT Sports Cards. The The first part of the video talks about why I collect so little. The second part of the video is going to talk about sort of more economics and, and from a dollar perspective of how I got to where I am with CRT Sports Cards. So I hope you have a great day collecting. You have a great Monday. If you're collecting Project 2020 cards, there's two great ones today with the Old Man Alan and the Ichiro from King Saladin. So check those out. Have a great day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. <laughs>